Rick Ross, if you're listening, you owe me. <laughs> I mean, is it psycho or is it just great planning? I'm like, why are we out here? Because <laughs> they, they love the game. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do not want to hit a little white golf ball around. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Henny and Hallie, Women with Game. I am very happy to be joined by the woman with the most game, Hallie Led. Oh, Henny, stop it. You have so much <laughs> game. <laughs> Hallie, what have you been up to lately? Oh, man, let's see. Well, I went to Arizona uh, for yeah. a shoot. My old stomping ground. Yes. Well, and you know, this. so this was not... Phoenix or Scottsdale, this was my first time to Flagstaff, Arizona, which is actually oh, lovely. similar to like a Colorado ish. Ton of trees, very undulating, absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, I mean, Air- Phoenix is beautiful, which is different. Um, but and it's only a few hours from Phoenix. We used to go hiking there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could see why you would. It was it was beautiful. Um mm. But our mutual friend, Iona Steven, has a show on Golf Digest that you guys can can check out. I think it's I'm going to I'm going to now I'm going to look up the name here. But it's the halfway house one. Yeah, it's about halfway halfway houses in golf or something. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Golf's best halfway houses. Boom. There you go. Um, And she's been all over the world. She's been to. to Mexico, to Las Vegas, to Scotland, been really everywhere checking out these awesome halfway houses. And um, she, uh, for whatever reason, had a conflict for this one in Arizona. So I stepped in and man, her loss was my game because this place mm. was insane. It was called Pine Canyon. And um, they had beautiful, um, they, they had like two halfway houses, actually. One that was like a halfway halfway house. Like, mm. I think you hit it like four or five. And then again at like 13 or 14, but then the actual halfway house, um, which was called Moorish station after um, the course architect. Um, and it's actually inside of a train car. So they had a train oh, wow. car built into like the side of this building. They had a full restaurant. The food was amazing. They also had a bar on the driving range. Um, Super cool. which was very, I've never seen that before. Um, so yeah, just like a really awesome, awesome spot. I guess like Michael Phelps is a member there, a bunch of other really cool people. But um, yeah, very cool. cool series that Iona yeah. is hosting. And I'm glad that I got to I got to be a part of it. You got to step in. Yeah, that sounds like uh, a nice little fill-in gig. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I was with Iona at the Open Championship in St. Andrews, where she's from. Um, and we stayed in like an all-girls house. So it was myself, Iona. Incy Mehmet, who also works for Sky, she used to be a player, uh, and Mia Baker, who's known on Instagram as Mia Ella X. She started her golf journey a couple years ago um, and is just smashing it out the park now. So it was really cool. Actually, it was the first time at a golf tournament I've ever stayed in an all girls house. Mm. And it just had such a different tone and atmosphere to it. Like on day one, for example, Incy and I went to the supermarket and went shopping and like got all our healthy snacks and stuff in for the week. And then we, um, you know, would sit around the dinner table in the evenings and we'd have a fire and watch movies. And it was just, I don't know how else to describe it other than to say a completely stark difference 
to how it would be if you were in a male house or even in a hotel room on your own and just you know having dinners here and there it was really cool to have like a girl gang especially at a major which is you know long hours and uh intense days let's say and um yeah it was really fun to sort of have that and all completely understand each other as well like I was uh I was prepping for a VR piece in our sky zone on who was it on uh uh, it was on Jordan Spieth and Incy overheard my phone call with a coach and she was like oh yeah I was chatting to his um coach on the range and he was saying that he's doing this 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 right now there you go and it was just such a like collaborative process and environment and if any of us had had a tough day you know we'd sort of talk through it and it was just very supportive and collaborative and I feel like you know we always say it on this podcast but there is just this real wonderful group of women working in golf that all gravitate towards each other and genuinely support each other like if you ever see any of us sort of give shout outs on Instagram or you know visit each other on site you know that's not just for Instagram that's you know a real life support system that we've all been there with each other and sort of picked up the pieces at events and given advice and call each other outside of anything that anyone would see and I love that yeah no I completely agree and our guest this week is a perfect example of that I mean you and I have known her for quite a while she is mostly behind the camera, but she's in front of the camera when she sings. She's an incredible, (laughs) incredible singer. Like, I honestly can't believe, I don't know why she's not like, she's better than Olivia Rodrigo. I said it. Um, Wow. But yeah. I agree. But um, Allie Kern, she's so talented in so many different ways, Um, comes from a really, really cool sports background. Um, And now the golf industry gets her and uh, she produces content for the PGA Tour. So really, really excited for you guys to hear this conversation and learn a little bit more about Allie and her journey. Take a listen. Allie Kern's PGA Tour producer. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I am so, so happy. Henny is so happy. We're just thrilled to have you because you honestly are one of my favorite people in the golf industry. Henny, I don't know how you feel. I'm pretty sure probably the same though, because Allie Kearns is everybody's favorite person. I think um, as listeners, you hear in someone's voice, like if they're a nice person or not, and you're sort of drawn towards them. So you will be drawn towards Allie, but I will preface that by saying that She's just one of these, I'm saying she is if you're not right here. You, yeah. <laughs> are, you are one of these people that like, you just if you see Ali for five minutes at a golf tournament, it makes your whole day. Like you just always have a smile. You're the, the sweetest human ever. Um, and I feel just grateful that I can work in the same space as you. And anytime you're at a tournament, you're just one of those people that you're like, yes, Ali's working this week. I get to see her. But okay, also, cry and it's only 9 a.m. <laughs> Aside from being a PGA Tour producer, um, you are also a guitarist, singer, a, uh, what's the official word when you do the calligraphy? Is there a name for that? I don't know a specific name. I just say like lettering. I just do lettering. Lettering. Has a whole business doing lettering, signs for weddings. Like you just she have did. all I, mean, I don't know. Obviously, obviously there's a podcast that so you can't see. But behind my left shoulder, these are, are all done right here by Allie Kearns. Love um, it. 
little little spin drift, my favorite beverage. I had Ali uh, draw some some spin drift cans. <laughs> um, um, so. So uh, we should probably stop gushing over Ali and actually let yeah, her, let her talk. <laughs> I'm literally wiping tears right now. It's only 9am and you guys have already made me cry. I feel the exact same way about both of you. Just so happy to see your face. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Of course, of course. I mean, and it's six, it's six a.m. for me, and I could not yeah. think of a better way to start my day. So this is <laughs> both of you just going to be so. I'm heading to the airport after this to to meet Michelle Wee, and I'm going to be jacked up, and I'm going to be like for my day with Allie and Henny. So it was <laughs> it was great. Um, but Allie, um, lot to talk to you about. Um, let's just first kick it off. Um, what we were kind of chatting on right before this, when we hopped on here, was how we all kind of met. So when when Henny and Allie, Allie, when when did you kind of first uh, meet Henny? So I met Henny at the Quicken Loans in 2018 in DC. It was my first ever golf tournament, and I think I met you at dinner, maybe maybe on the course. But I like get those memories on my Snapchat of just like us sitting at dinner. Um, and I think, I think it was when you were still with Sky. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 So met Henny there. We have so many fun adventures. Oh my God. Tokyo. Tokyo. Um, we have to get onto Tokyo in a little bit. Cause that yeah, is we'll get to Tokyo. Worth telling. Um, but that's when I met Henny and Hallie, I don't even remember when I first actually met you in person. Like, I think you might've stopped back at P gate. Right. After you had left. But what I do remember is I hadn't met you yet. And I think I maybe took your job or close after. (laughs) So thank you. Well, at least my desk. No, because I remember. So, so when Ali says PG, she's talking about PG Tour Entertainment, which is down in St. Augustine. Um, I used to work at the PG Tour as a producer. Um, and that, that really encompasses everything because I don't want to p- put my skill set along Allie. Allie is a much more legitimate producer than I am. I'm much more of like a hold your hold my cell phone and, and make silly videos producer. Um, but Allie's like feature film producer. Anyways, my Allie and I ended up, I knew that Allie was coming and that she had interviewed and that the PGA Tour had hired her. And I was so excited to get another cool gal in the office. And then I left. And Allie... <laughs> Allie like, great. took my desk. <laughs> okay, that's right. Because um, I knew a position had opened up, but and then I knew you left. But what I remembered is you wrote handwritten thank you notes to every single person in that office, and you wrote one for me too. Or you wrote like me like a little Aww. note, and I was just like, oh, that's that's so sweet. Like, who does that anymore? And and that stuck with me. And I was like, yeah, I, I love this girl. Oh, well, it was a start of a of a wonderful friendship for for all of us. And like I said before, golf is so, so lucky to have you, but um, yeah, let's get into it. I want to hear about, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about how you ended up at the PGA tour and how you, you know, bless them with your presence every day. But I want to hear about how you got into just like the content creation space and how you became such a talented um, producer and videographer. How, so how did that come about? Yeah, it's, it's a, pretty cool story. I'm a little biased, but, um, 
I had always loved being behind a camera, but it was only for like music and shooting music videos when I was in high school. You know, I would record songs and record me singing and then go out and just like shoot my own B-roll. And it was just a passion of mine, but I never considered that it could be an actual career because at that time, the only career I knew was like, if you're a wedding photographer or something like that, it, you know, it wasn't quite as like developed of a, a space that I, that I knew at that time. Um, so I went to Clemson for school and was communication major there. I actually started out as a music major and then switched over to communications. And I took a class where one of our projects was make a video. Um, it was a group project and whoever, like just make it go viral. Whoever has the most views at the end of the uh, project just gets an automatic A. So I was sitting in class and we got an email at the time for like student football walk-on tryouts. And I came up with this idea to make like a parody on all the like football hype videos that Clemson has. Like <clears throat> they do such a great job with all of their social, but especially their hype videos. Um, so it's still on YouTube if you want to watch it. <laughs> I made a parody of one of their hype videos and I was like, okay, we've got to make it go viral. So I just looked up the athletic department's staff directory at Clemson and just cold emailed like five or six people. And I got a response back from Jonathan Gant, who um, was in charge of like all things Clemson athletics social at the time. And he was like, he basically was like, this is pretty good. Like we're always looking for new student videographers. Would you be interested? And I was like, what? Like, I remember I was sitting in my dorm and I, I couldn't even believe it. Like I called my parents immediately, um, interviewed for that job and then uh, became one of their student videographers for the athletic department there, working one-on-one -on -one with athletes, shooting, editing. Uh, but that's really where I learned, you know, the specifics of, of using a camera, um, editing with Premiere, um, Nick Conklin, who was also on that staff and is now with the Titans. Um, he pretty much taught me literally everything I know. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how it started. That's how I got the experience, you know, working in sports. I never, you know, I wasn't one of those people that like, oh, I want to work in sports. I want to work in golf. Um, it just kind of came about that I loved being behind a camera and I loved the storytelling aspect of shooting and editing and social. And um, that's really where I fell in love with it. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and then, yeah, from there, that's kind of how I, I got the job with the tour, but it's, it's been such a blessing. I think that's quite cool though, that you come at golf or you came at football with a really different viewpoint and angle, because most of the time you find that companies within golf generally only hire people that have, you know, extreme nerdy golf knowledge. Um, so I think that that translates and certainly what I see stuff of the, of the stuff that you produce. And that comes across really well. Um, and I, you know, we were sort of not joking, but we were being lighthearted at the start with saying about your attitude and how bright and bubbly you are. But I do want to sort of delve into that a little bit more because I just think that your sort of viewpoint on really going for what you want and being confident with it, you could like bottle that and sell it for millions. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I would just love for you to sort of delve into, I don't know, maybe that a little bit more, like your viewpoint on um, working, uh, your general attitude towards sort of day-to-day -day life, I guess. I think it just that would make an interesting conversation in general. And it's something that I've not really asked you before. Yeah, I love that. 
I don't know. I, I think it has to do a lot with having a good support system and having people to kind of keep you positive. Cause I mean, there are some really exhausting days. You both know, like waking up at 5am and not finishing until 11 or, um, you know, just, just long days. So if it were just me, I'd probably be like negative and sad all the time, but um, I'm so blessed to have, you know, a good group of friends here and across the country. Like we've all kind of found our own cities and um, good family, but um, I don't know, I guess I look at it as I take my job super seriously, obviously, but also like trying not to let your entire life and being be defined by what your career is, is a really difficult thing, but that's kind of what I really try to do. Like I, I work really hard and I try to work really hard, but also at the end of the day, this doesn't define who I am. Um, it's not the meaning of my life. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And um, as long as at the end of the day, I have a group of people that can kind of help encourage me to understand that it's like doing great work, but also like it doesn't just define who I am. Um, that kind of helps me, you know, have a good perspective, but it can be difficult. Is that yeah. where you feel like your um, hobbies which are sort of businesses too, but your passions in terms of music and lettering, does that really help? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, like singing and making music is has always just been kind of like a side hobby thing for me, but it's, it's therapeutic for sure. Like I come home from work and sometimes we'll just, you know, play my piano or sing a song. And that's, that's kind of what gives me peace. Everybody has their own thing, you know, like whether it's, going out and playing golf or it's, you know, listening to music or taking a walk on the beach or, or whatever it is for me, that's kind of like helps me disconnect, helps add value in other areas. Maybe I had a bad day at work, whatever, you know, I come home and I, I do stuff like that and it kind of helps center me a little bit. Listen, I love to sing too, Allie, but it's not like, you know, like at least yours is like beautiful. Like it's <laughs> where like, yeah, I like to sing to unwind. People would be like, oh my God, what is that? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I want to go back to when you got the job at the PGA tour, um, you know, you're out of college, you're looking for a place where, um, you know, that could utilize your skill set. What was it about the, the tour that kind of made you excited given that you, you know, you didn't come from a golf background? Yeah. So I looked at a few jobs out of school. Um, I was one of those seniors that was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was panicking and it was like end of April, close to graduation. And then that's kind of when I found the tour. But um, I looked at some sports jobs, some like music industry jobs, because I was like, oh, it could be cool to work in, you know, like a concert venue or producing music videos or stuff like that. Um, but a big thing for me was like having creative freedom at my job, because I had talked with some of my friends and other colleagues that work in the NFL and NBA. And um, that's, you know, obviously an exciting job as well. Um, but the cool thing to me about the tour was that the tour owns the tour's footage. So it's not like, you know, like if you go out and shoot a practice at um, like one of like an NFL team, like if they don't own that footage, you might be limited in what you can do with it. Um, so that was something I asked initially when I was interviewing with the tour was how creative freedom works. Um, you know, if I if I go out and work one on one with a player can we use that footage? Um, what does that look like? What does our access look like? Um, so that was great. And then really just like the idea of working in golf. Like I, I had taken lessons when I was younger. My dad's obviously super into golf and 
Um, so I had played a little bit when I was younger and then really didn't watch anything other than probably like majors with my dad when I was home and um, didn't really revisit the sport. Couldn't really tell you any of the players until I like found the PGA tour job and then obviously started getting back into it. Um, but the idea of working in golf, like, you know, we go to some of the most beautiful places around the world. Um, that's a pretty great gig. If you ask me, you know, um, to each their own, but going to a beautiful golf course versus at the time when I was looking at, you know, like other sports jobs, it just seemed, I was talking with my dad and he was like, there's not a bad stop on tour. So uh, that definitely uh, intrigued me as well. And uh, just to tease a little bit more, Japan, the story involves a typhoon. We will tell you at the end. I not need now. to know the, the, Wait. the, the okay. You will, <laughs> just not now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just teasing, I'm sprinkling as we go. Okay. Um, I'm sprinkling my seasoning. Uh, I'm curious, though, as someone who didn't come from a heavy sports background, who started working in sports out of the blue in college, how has it been for you specifically being a woman within the sports world? Yeah, um, I mean, I think kind of like you said earlier, one of one of the best things about this job is that, you know, the tour and um, other sports organizations, they're not just hiring people who know their sport specifically. So, you know, I wasn't, and I haven't been blind to the fact that a lot of people are probably like, she doesn't know anything, you know, she doesn't know anything about golf. Like, why was she here? So I think early on, I kind of felt a need to prove myself and prove my talents elsewhere. So it's like, maybe I don't know the specific golf, you know, background and, and have that knowledge, but I do have other things I bring to the table. So I kind of have felt a need to prove that. Um, and also just like a need or a willing willingness to learn. Like, I know I don't know everything. Um, I want to learn more and, um, being open to that, but, um, I mean, it's been, I definitely had challenges as we all have. And I FaceTime Hallie often just venting and <laughs> about all of those. Um, oddly, I think most of my challenges just kind of come from myself and feeling like I'm probably not good enough. Um, people will make comments here and there, but um, I'm kind of learning how to get a little tough with that and, and not take it personally or, um, you know, being able to call people out when they say something that's, that's inappropriate, which is really difficult for me as, you know, like, like you said, being like a, I always want to be that, you know, bubbly and happy and nice, friendly person. Um, so I kind of just, tried to work on having a balance of being a nice, friendly person, but also like, don't mess with me at the same time. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but, and Ali, you know about you and I have talked about this because things similar to this have happened to you. But I remember one time I was walking inside the ropes when I had a job similar to Ali's at the PGA tour. And I was, getting some content, uh, walking with the final group or something. And I think maybe again, I'm wearing a credential. I've got a backpack. Like I'm, you know, I look like I'm working and maybe three times throughout this couple hours that I was out there, somebody along the rope line was like, 
whose girlfriend are you? Who's yeah. uh, and and I think and I get, but I don't think that it came from like a, a negative place at all. I just think that they were like genuinely curious because they're like young woman inside the ropes must be a girlfriend or a spouse of some sort. And, and, and it really irked me, but at the same time, like I tried to tell myself, look, I, I was up to assume that most people obviously aren't coming from like a, a a bad place, you know, it's just, they're just genuinely not used to seeing like a woman in golf doing, you know, maybe they see them like presenting or, or, you know, doing, doing something in golf, but like being inside the ropes, nitty gritty on their, um, you know, squatting down, filming, doing that, you know, like it's, I think that it's in important. So I think instead of like, and I used to get irked about it um, instead of being like, no, I'm working. Like I I tried to, I, I tried to be like, no, actually I work for the PG tour and, and just, it just sort of make, like, I think it's important to be visible and right. instead of being like, man, no, I'm not dating Patrick Reed. Like, <laughs> you know what? Obviously not dating Patrick Reed. You really have to pick on the tour me. anymore. I just what, whatever you get me. Dating, yeah. Insert tour name here, player, tour player <laughs> here. But I think that that's the, kind of thing that like can kind of just like chip away at you and eat at you. And it's important to like, to reset and be like, I'll have the mindset that Allie does Like you're not your job and like not let those things get to you, but also right. be like, I'm forging a path here, you know, like there's not many of us and I need to show, I don't, I don't know, Allie, what do you think? Yeah. 100% exactly what you said is, you know, every time I, I get frustrated by it, um, I, you have to recognize it's not to like, you know, defend their lack of, you know, knowing that women are in this field, but I fully recognize that it's surprising to see a 20 something woman walking inside the ropes with a bunch of dudes. Like I'm not oblivious to that. Um, but some of the comments are what piss me off usually. Um, but yeah, for like, like you said, I get, I get stopped at every single tournament. I have a camera in my hand and, and I'll get stopped by, you know, whoever, like, what are you doing here? You know? Um, and yeah, I, I try to tell myself, like, there's two sides to it. I try to tell myself, like, first of all, there are so many women <laughs> that came before us that have had to deal with so much worse. Um, but if that means like they get more used to seeing women inside the ropes or working in the sports to where one day, like, you know, my daughter doesn't have to deal with it as much then like, okay, I'm cool with that. But also like, I, I got a really great piece of advice from someone once where they were like, don't feel like it's on you to just create this future and to, to, like you said, like forge the path, like, yes, educate people when it's, when it's appropriate or when it's the right situation, but also don't put that pressure on yourself to just say like, oh, well, it's up to me to make sure all these people, you know, get used to it. So it's, it's like trying to find a good balance of that, but um, yeah, it's, it's also like an exciting thing that like we people are not used to seeing us in this sport. But like I, I also try to focus on instead of, you know, if I get beat up about, you know, some fan that makes a comment or whatever, for every fan that has made a comment, there's also someone that has come up to me and said, you're awesome. Like, what do you do? What is your job? Like, I would love to do that. Or like, you don't know if there's little girls, you know, at the tournament or other women that are at the tournament that are like, oh my God, yeah, I could do that then, you know? And so that's, what's exciting about it. And it's like trying to focus on the good people versus 
the negative people, but also like call the negative people out when it's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that you have, you do strike that balance perfectly. Like when Ali's in work mode, stay out the way. Like she means business, <laughs> which I love about you. Um, but then, you know, when it's, when it's not time to work, you're, you know, the most fun person in the room. And I think like, again, what's cool about you is that you're very much yourself. Like you've always been yourself and haven't tried to change that um you know to fit into the environment because let's be honest the golf environment and the golf media environment can be very like stiff and stoic and boring for want of a better word and you are the polar opposite of all of those things like I know especially when you and me have been at tournaments together we're like bubbly and squealy and happy and chatty and it just completely changes the work dynamic but I kind of love that we just change the work dynamic rather than changing ourselves to fit in with how the mood or the atmosphere is within golf media. Absolutely. And I think like there are so many times in my life where I have tried to change myself and to fit other people or to please other people, but then you're unhappy. So it's also kind of like going back to oh, this doesn't define me. Like I also don't live to please X person or, you know, um, whoever it is that you kind of have to stay within yourself. Otherwise, everything kind of gets messed up. Yeah. Allie, can you take us through, and listen, I know that, you know, day-to-day varies, but maybe a, like a, a typical day at the, um, at the PG tour. Yes. So when I'm on site, like you said, there could be a, a number of things I'm traveling to a tournament for. It's always something different, but typically what I'm doing is um, like on a tournament day, following competition, following storylines, um, going out and, and shooting B-roll, shooting uh, footage of whoever's leading or whatever the interesting story is that day. Um, and then I'll take that footage. Sometimes I send it back to be edited back at headquarters. Sometimes I edit myself on site. Um, I like to focus a lot on like families and friends that come out because like obviously most of the time there's a camera covering like at the match play in 2018 or 2019 tiger hold out from the fairway and you can see me in the back and I'm filming all the fans. And one of my friends was like, you missed the shot, but I mean, there are 20 cameras on tiger, but then if I'm filming all the fans freaking out, like that stuff, like usually performs really well and people love seeing people get, you know, hyped up over tiger. So um, that's kind of an example, like kind of trying to look at maybe what everybody else is not looking at. Um, really just trying to give people behind the scenes look a different look that you're not going to see on TV of what's going on in the tournament. Um, come Sunday, pretty much just staying by the champion side. Um, when I've oddly been at like a lot of JT's wins and, um, at BMW one year, um, I just stuck with his parents and his family and just kind of stayed back and, and just film them. And, and, uh, sometimes we'll get them to like give messages to the player after. And then I compiled like a, more like emotional video of, of his family always supporting him. So stuff like that on site, just a ton of different uh, videos and sometimes photos too. Um, and then when I'm back here, um, sometimes it's, you know, editing stuff that goes on social, if it's a compilation or whatever it is, um, working on the cut, which is our show on golf channel, producing features for that show. Um, sometimes working for stuff for clients for the tour, um, a lot of editing videos, some producing videos, but that's pretty much what I do day to day. 
It's a lot. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then to That's think, awesome. and then to think I had a, I had the same job as Allie and they're like, here, Allie, take these, uh, Snapchat glasses. And <laughs> that just shows you the, the difference in skill set. Um, but I mean, going back to Allie's point and also kudos to the tour for recognizing how important it is to bring in people that maybe aren't from the golf space that have this in just incredible skill set that they can now apply to our game. Because I like, I think like Henny said, the pieces that you produce Allie are just so cool and so different. Um, what is one of your favorite uh, pieces that you've gotten to work on? It's so hard to just pick one, honestly. Um, my go-to favorite is, uh, we did a piece on Sarai, who was one of the Evans scholars um, at BMW, and she got to caddy for Tiger for 18 holes. Uh, so we met her at her hotel, mic'd her up, basically kept a camera on her the whole time, met Tiger, caddy for him, carried his bag. You know, they got to talk about school and her graduating. And um, it was just such a cool experience for her. And at the end of the day, like after we were shooting for so long, she like thanked us and was like, this was the coolest thing ever. And we still follow each other on Instagram, stuff like that. Um, but that was, was really, really cool. And Rick Ross was pretty cool too. He played East Lake, um, I think like two years ago now. And I, I just went out to basically shoot it. And, um, uh, my friend Mackenzie edited a video from it together and, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. Working with him was, was amazing. He's a good dude. And he I'm wiped not, bird poop off of my head. That's okay. So that will make up for the fact that I flew to Atlanta and he stood me up to shoot a video. Sorry. No. I, if, if Rick Ross, if you're listening, you owe me. <laughs> He's the best. All the way to Atlanta to shoot a video. We had, we had a, uh, you know, we had a court course. We were all set up with our crew and everything. And the guy like, came into the parking lot. I think it was like an issue with his manager came into the parking lot and um, was like, Hey, we have to catch a flight. Like, can we play one hole? And we're like, no, like that's not the concept. But anyways, that was actually right before you did your Rick Ross stuff. And I was like, all right, Rick, we'll, we'll all, I won't judge you for your, for I, I think one of my favorite things, if not my favorite thing about golf is like there are so many people that love golf, like Rick Ross, other professional athletes, celebrities, actors, you know, like musicians, like that's the fun thing is, you know, you're at a tournament and like JJ Watts there. And, you know, um, that's, what's cool is like, it's not just golfers and like, where else can you say, like, you're not going to play, you know, Wrigley field, like where else can you play the exact same you know, course or field or whatever it is that the professionals are going to be playing on. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. It's funny hearing you talk about golf now, because obviously, like you said, we've known each other since your very first tournament. And I remember you being like, I don't know where to stand. Like, what do <laughs> I, how do I, what do I wear? Where do I stand? What do I no, do? I this is this new job in golf. What even is golf? And now years, what, uh, four years later, you sound completely in love with the game. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely love it. it yeah, it's, it was totally new to me. And like now when 
other like new women start, they have the same questions. So it's always like, I try to, you know, reach out ahead of time, like here are pictures of what I've worn and like, here are things you do. That's why it's always helpful to like have someone with you when you're there at your first tournament. But yeah, we should I, do a video on that. I feel like that would be super helpful. Yeah, that's a good idea. Allie's guide to women getting into the golf industry. This is where to stand. This is a safe distance. This is what to wear. Yeah, no, I, that's actually a really good idea. Um, yeah, it's um, crazy how much I've learned over the years. I know. Yeah, it's it's funny seeing the evolution of Ali, and I'm sure you're only going to evolve more and more. Um, Ali, what would be your advice to young girls or perhaps, you know, women our age who are wanting to perhaps think about getting into the golf industry on a producer side? Yeah, I think when you're still, you know, in the job search mode, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I mean, I sent so many Twitter DMs and emails or LinkedIn messages. Um, and I asked a lot of people like, Hey, you work in an industry, could you connect me with someone? Or is there anybody that, you know, you could, I could talk with and it's, and it's not like expecting anything out of it, expecting a job out of it, but just, I did that early on just to learn like what other people's experiences have been. Do you actually like this? You know? And I, I have those conversations all the time with people who are looking to work in sports or maybe looking to get into golf. I'm very honest with them, very open with them about stuff I've liked, stuff I haven't liked. Um, so, so don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, and make those, you know, send those emails, send those DMS, whatever it is. Um, and really just like keeping yourself like connected to the golf community, kind of like this, if, if that's where you want to go or whatever community it is that you would want to work in, uh, you know, scroll their feeds. Like when I, when I was looking for the job for the tour, I scrolled their feeds for hours and took notes on what I liked, what I didn't like, what I would change, that kind of stuff. Um, do your research, um, do your part of it. Like when you get to the interview process, I literally had like a, a Google doc of every single person I had an interview scheduled with. And I had like fully stocked them on LinkedIn, wrote down where they went to college, what their previous jobs were, stuff I could ask them, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I showed them all that like a year later. I was like, hey, I stalked you. <laughs> um, but yeah, do your research. And um, that's that's probably the advice I would have like going into the process. Ali, question for you. Did the PGA Tour, when you went in for your interview, did they make you take the golf like PGA Tour knowledge test? Why, yes, Hallie, I did almost cry in the bathroom. I literally, I, I cried. And then I found out that apparently... <laughs> So we all know Sam Davis here. Apparently he put in these ridiculous questions as like a joke. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, what was, I mean, it was like, how far does Aaron badly hit his like four iron? And I was oh like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know that they were like, it was a joke. Mine had a lot of grammar and spelling, which made sense because I was going to do social, huh. but like, it was like, oh, name the five, name the majors, name, like, what were we called before? Whatever. Like, I don't know. Just random golf. Who was knowledge. the commissioner before Jay Monaghan? Yes, 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 yes. Like, yes. That okay. But how far does Aaron Bass <laughs> his four iron? Come on. And so I was like, so funny. It, are you guys? are you serious? And I, I didn't know what to do. Like, look, I was, I remember being alone in a conference room and just breaking into a cold sweat and being like, I'm not going to get the job. 
I'm no, not I went to the bathroom. Same. I went to the bathroom and I was like, well, I'm not getting this. And I literally had to stop myself from crying. Like I was like, oh, I'm not getting this at all. Yeah. And look at you both now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, to finish up, uh, Hallie, are you ready for the Japan story? Yeah, I need this Japan story. Okay. Now. I've left you on tenterhooks for long enough. Yeah. So Ali and I are in Japan for the Zozo Championship, uh, I want to say three years ago. 2019. 2019. And um, was that when I was there too? When Honey, and I, when we went to that temple? Yes. Okay. You were there. I wasn't, but I didn't, okay, I didn't hang out with you guys except for the temple time. The one. Yes. We, <laughs> Hallie and I went sightseeing early on in the week because we had about a couple 45 of minutes. <laughs> downtown Tokyo before we went to the um, New Zealand game, the All Blacks Rugby World Cup game, and we missed the freaking hacker, which I don't think I'll ever forgive myself for. Yeah. But, anyways, anyway. continue. Now this anyway, the temple is wonderful in Tokyo. Um, so the golf tournament was about an hour outside of Tokyo. And I think it was the Friday or Saturday, Saturday, there was like a typhoon with extreme torrential rain. And um, the golf got canceled for the day. So Ali and I are like, well, why don't we just go to downtown Tokyo? We, it's, it's funny because <laughs> this is not sponsored at all. I'm not sponsored by Nike. Um, Hallie, you are, congratulations. But, um, so you'll enjoy this segment. But Ali and I are just really big sneakerheads. Like we love trainers. And the reason, funnily enough, that we were late to the All Blacks game is because I desperately wanted to go to Nike in downtown Tokyo. But we didn't get to because it just got too late and we were trying to find it and we couldn't. So we left. Um, and so on this day off, Ali and I had been talking all week about going downtown to Tokyo to the Nike store. And we say to ourselves, we've got time. Let's go. We go with another guy from the PGA Tour, Seth Fader, who is legendary and is not there anymore, um, doing his own thing. But at the time he worked with the tour. So it was the three of us. We were all going to on the speed train to downtown Tokyo. To the Nike store. And we get a couple of stops in and the train halts. And we learn that the train's it's not cancelled, but you just don't know when it's going to restart for the day because of the typhoon. We have no idea. I don't know about you, Ali, but I had never been in a typhoon before. So I had no idea how bad it could be. Like I was from England. I'd seen torrential rain. I'd seen a lot of rain. I'd seen all day rain. It was just raining in my head. So I was like, whatever, we can go out and about and do things. Apparently not. This is a different type of rain. Um, so we came off of the stop that we were in. Luckily, we had only gone as far as the nearest town to the hotel. Um, so we could sort of cut our losses and we're like, how about we just have a really nice lunch here, a local lunch in this nice restaurant. And then we take the hotel shuttle. We're right at the train station. There's a shuttle that goes back and forth to the hotel, back for the afternoon and just relax. Great plan. So we have our noodles. We're super happy. We're full from lunch. We're very relaxed. We're, you know, laughing and joking. We go around to the train station. We wait a little bit, but we find our bus. Everything's good. We're happy. We get halfway back to the hotel, which is about, I don't know, five miles away. And uh, there's flooding, really, really severe flooding in this main street. And each car, bus, lorry, whatever, is lining up in the middle of the road and going down the middle of the road where there is still substantial flooding, but like you can get down because that's the highest point. And our bus driver gets to his turn and decides, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take that risk. I couldn't possibly flood my bus. 
I have seen other buses coming down, but I'm not going to do it. And so we're all like using Google Translate and there's other passengers on board and we're all like trying to persuade him to go down and he's just having none of it. But this typhoon is planned to go all night long. There's no signs of the rain slowing up or stopping. This road's going to be flooded for hours and he's refusing to go. So now we're at what, like two, three miles from the hotel? And uh, there's like real heavy flooding to your knees on both sides of the street. But we sort of figure it out that, yeah, it's about what a 30, 45 minute walk back to the hotel. So we're going to walk. And so. And so we jump off this bus. I think all the locals on the bus were like, what are you doing? You crazy Westerners. Um, we leave our shoes on. Seth decides to take his shoes off. We're wading through the floods. We jump a wall to get to this nearest pavement or sidewalk, as you guys would say. Um, and we walk back. It's dark now, by the way, because we faffed for so long. It's dark and it's raining and we have to walk up this massive hill it's just the craziest walk you've ever taken um, with cars. There's no real sidewalks. So you're just sort of walking in the middle of the street with no umbrella. Seth had his shoes off and on. We're just trudging. We're exhausted at this point. And we're thinking, what are we, what are we doing? We're stuck in the middle of a typhoon in Japan. We can't obviously, we don't can't speak the language. We can't read any of the signs. Our phone batteries are dying. I think, I think you, Ali, just had about enough battery to put your light on at certain points. Yeah. Oh, I was filming the whole thing. I have photos and videos of all of We this. were all delirious. We, it was funny, like, going, I would love to see those videos because we're all going through varying stages of, we're doing this, we're off the bus. Yeah, we've got this. Oh, no, what have we done? How oh far is this? Where's the bus? <laughs> it was terrifying. It really was. But we made it, and I kept my shoes. Yes, you kept your shoes. We made it. At the end, we were sort of deliriously singing, dancing. Um, we're with Seth, who, by the way, is old enough to be our father, who I think has just got completely sick of us by this point. Um, and then when we got back to the hotel, all we were preoccupied with was, did we beat the bus back? And the bus <laughs> didn't get back till like midnight. Wow. Well, it turned out to be the right decision. decision. Good decision. Bad decision to have left the hotel in the first place. We get back to the hotel sort of traumatized and everyone's sitting in this nice hotel like, oh, I've just been watching, you know, movies all day and had a gym session and a spa session. And I'm good. We just hiked through a typhoon. <laughs> Literally. And it wasn't until like the next day that I saw, you know, news of the typhoon. And I'm like, oh, my God, we really went out. And like, what were we even thinking? Memories made. Memories, Memories made. made. We will always have the Japanese typhoon. <laughs> I love that. That was a. I mean, those are the kind of things that'll that you'll get to do if you if you if you work in golf. You get to go to Tokyo and right trudge up a hill and no, but seriously, it is. that that is a really <laughs> great story. Um, Ali, thank you so much for joining us. We love you. Um, yeah. Please tell people where they can find you on social for all the cool. Um, behind the scenes of your job, as well as your beautiful singing voice, which we referenced at the beginning. You're so sweet. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's always the dreaded moment. My Instagram is oh, me. Yeah. 
<laughs> Ali's Instagram name is, go ahead. I, I made a joke once I was like, she's a 10, but every time someone asks her her Instagram, she has to say meet Mer Meow. <laughs> so just search my name. It'll come up. Ali, A-L-I, Kearns. Um, Otherwise, you, so you can search meet Merp Meow. You can search meet Merp Meow. And she will thank you guys so much for having me. I love y'all so much. And it's so good to see your faces. We love you more. All right. Thanks, Allie. See you soon. Okay. See you. I love Allie Kearns, honey. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit jealous of the typhoon story. I will give you that. (laughs) I wanted to hike in a typhoon with you in Tokyo, but I guess it's one of those stories that when you tell it back yeah awesome story but actually going through it was slightly traumatic so uh, we're gonna die (laughs) you and me had the temple and the rugby world cup so yeah we have some good japan stories we will always have that no for sure but i think it's just an example of the weird things and experiences like obviously ali mentioned yeah you do get to go to cool golf courses but the things that happen to you or the people that you meet while you're at tournaments or, you know, off site getting dinner and, you know, going to explore, granted, you don't have a ton of time for that because you're generally, you know, like she said, at the course of 5am, maybe leaving at 11, but the time that you do have, um, and the places that you do go, uh, do make for some pretty memorable moments. Yeah, they do. And, you know, those stories are sort of, as you said, few and far between because you don't usually get time to go out and about. But when you're somewhere like Tokyo, you just have to. Um, But I just think people like Ali, you know, make those long hours at golf courses not seem so long. Um, And I know, you know, I don't want to embarrass her, but I just want to keep saying it, that she's just such a light, like she's just such a positive, friendly person. And, um, you know, if you're having a tough day and you go speak to her for 10 minutes, you come away just feeling so much better um and she she aside from that you know you know what I love about her the most is that she's I I said this to her but she's super bubbly and giggly and excitable but at the same time as you probably heard with everything she went through to get a job like incredibly serious when it comes to her work and produces incredible stuff like if you look on the PGA Tour social media page in all seriousness a lot of that is Ali's work a lot of the videos that you would have known and loved, that's Ali from start to finish. Yeah. Um, so as a very responsible, hardworking person, but just stays true to who she is. And we love who she is. And we're very grateful that she joined us on today's episode. Uh, and we're grateful that you guys joined us and listened in as well. So, and we hope that you will continue to join us for our future episodes. And in the meantime, you can follow along with us on social media. I am at Henny Coy. And I'm at Hallie Led. And we'll speak to you guys next time. 